3: show another hour of the jesse kelly show yeah look hey
4: we all know we all know what the
3: game is here understand
4: it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions you just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage you just have to raise enough questions spread enough dirt plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won.
3: I wonder if Barack Obama ever said the vaccine stops the spread of coronavirus. I wonder. You know what, You know what, Chris? Do me a favor while I uh, move on to Medal of Honor Monday here. I know you guys have worked up a few of these. If not, I know there's a few of them out there. Go ahead and grab me a montage of all the people who said the vaccine stops the spread of coronavirus. In fact, I believe there's another montage of people who said the vaccine not only stops the spread, it'll keep you from getting it. Hmm. You know, we'll we'll come back to that because let's be honest. Let's get on to the more important things. It's Medal of Honor Monday and... For the new listeners, allow me to explain something. Every single Monday at this time, we read a Medal of Honor citation. That's it. That's it. We have a bunch of men who have earned the Medal of Honor in this country. There's nothing special about reading one of these, except for the fact that we forget about these guys, and we forget about their deeds, and we forget about what they did. And if we don't read them, then they might as well not even exist. We believe that these people should be held up and remembered. And today is actually a little bit unusual because today, today I'm going to read two of them, and I need to explain why before I get there. Chris already had two of them ready. We we most of these get emailed in, but I don't do. You'll probably you've probably already noticed if you're really paying attention. I don't do very many that are prior to World War II. Why? Well, they still gave out Medal of Honors, and they were still awesome, but they kind of sucked to read. It, 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 this came about, I, I I suspect, I don't know this, I, I think the good Medal of Honor citation that actually describes in detail what someone did, I bet you that came about as part of the wartime kind of America's propaganda effort back home. Well, it clearly didn't exist beforehand. The ones prior to World War II are so short- and crappy. They're just terrible. That it's like four sentences. But these heroes deserve to be remembered too. It's not their fault that the Medal of Honor people weren't typing up a good citation back then. So I decided, you know what? Screw it. We're doing both of them. This email said, "Oh great shogun. I recently learned of a Medal of Honor recipient, Sergeant Alvin York, from a heavy metal song. Believe me, I didn't see that one coming either." After some casualties were taken, he ordered his remaining seven men to guard the captured German soldiers while he went to take on a machine gun nest solo. Without spoiling all the details, he and his seven soldiers escorted 132 German soldiers back to the American line. His commander joked that he caught the whole army and York replied, no, sir. I only got 132. (laughs) He became the most decorated soldier in the army. And he also tried to reenlist in world war II. Of course he did. Would love to hear you tell the story. You might already know it. He was well known enough to have a movie made about him in the forties. Anyway, now I'm rambling. If you read this on the air says I can say his name, his name is Eric. And actually I do know the story. And if you, I'm going to read his citation now, but if you hang on, for one hour one hour from now i will actually give you the historical story that's a lot better than this citation of sergeant york and he's a man who deserves it ready
4: five.
3: honoring those who went above and beyond it's medal of honor monday After his platoons had suffered heavy casualties and three other non-commissioned officers had become casualties, Corporal York assumed command. Fearlessly leading seven men, he charged with great daring a machine gun nest, which was pouring deadly and incessant fire upon his platoon. In his heroic feat, the machine gun nest was taken together with four officers and 128 men and several guns. And that's it. Like I said. They didn't do these guys justice. I will give you a more expanded version of that one hour from now. But we can't, delus- we can't leave you with that. Not on Medal of Honor Monday, so let's do this one. Commander, love your show. I thought the citation of my great uncle would be of interest. He also received a Victoria Cross and was president of the Medal of Honor Society. His clan was nearly devoid of all men after the Battle of Culloden. Those who lived moved to PEI joined the Merchant Marines, landed on D-Day, and fought at the Bulge, where he lost his arm on the fourth machine gun nest he single-handedly destroyed from a German SS-Panzer division. He credited his mission success to his days in the winter woods in Canada hunting for food. Lost his arm and said that if he would have died, if it was, he said he would have died if it, had summer, if it had been summertime, as he stuck his lost arm in the snow, which saved his life. He became a Christmas tree inspector. For the government. How about that? Once again. Ready? Aim.
0: Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday.
3: And I'm going to mess up this man's name Charles A. McGillivary. January 1st, 1945. This took place in Wolfling, France. He led a squad when his unit moved forward in darkness to meet the threat of a breakthrough by, the, by elements of the 17th German Panzer Grenadier Division. Assigned to protect the left flank, he discovered hostile troops digging in. As he reported this information, several German machine guns opened fire, stopping the American advance. Knowing the position of the enemy, Sergeant MacGillavary volunteered to knock out one of the guns while another company closed in from the right to, re, to assault the remaining strongpoints. He circled from the left through the woods and Snow carefully worked his way to the emplacement and shot the two camouflage gunners at a range of three feet as other enemy forces withdrew. Early in the afternoon of the same day, Sergeant Matt was dispatched on reconnaissance and found that Company I was being opposed by about six machine guns, reinforcing a company of fanatically fighting Germans. His unit began to attack but was pinned down by furious automatic and small arms fire. With a clear idea of where the enemy guns were placed, he voluntarily embarked on a lone combat patrol. Skillfully taking advantage of all available cover, he stalked the enemy, reached a hostile machine gun, and blasted its crew with a grenade. He picked up a submachine gun from the battlefield and pressed on to with ten within ten yards of another machine gun where the enemy crew discovered him and feverishly tried to swing their weapon into line to cut him down. He charged ahead. Jumped into the midst of the Germans and killed them with several bursts. Without hesitation, he probably moved on to, or not probably, he moved on to still another machine gun, creeping, crawling, and rushing from tree to tree, golly, until close enough to toss a grenade into the emplacement and close close with its defenders. He dispatched this crew also, but it was himself seriously wounded. Through his indomitable fighting spirit, great initiative, and utter disregard for personal safety in the face of powerful enemy resistance, Sergeant Matt Gillivary destroyed four hostile machine guns and immeasurably helped his company to continue on its mission with minimum casualties. gone, son. That's <laughs> not too bad, right? Not too bad. And that is Medal of Honor Monday, and that is why we do Medal of Honor Monday. Now, let's let's come back to something. Let's come back to... Disinformation. Misinformation. Because believe me, in the wake of Elon Musk buying a big social media company, there's a lot of complaining from these journalists out there. What what if he allows the spread of misinformation? Oh, you mean like this? You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, these vaccines
0: are highly, highly effective.
1: Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick.
0: They're really, really good against variants. A key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not gonna get infected.
2: If you're vaccinated, you're not gonna be hospitalized, you're not gonna be in an ICU unit, and you're not gonna die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask
1: anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities large or small without wearing a mask or physical distancing but what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission
2: we didn't have vaccines that block transmission Mm -hmm. we got vaccines that help you with your health but they only slightly reduce the transmission Mm. we need a new New way of doing the
0: vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person.
1: Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those mm. vaccinated early.
0: And if you look at Israel, mm-hmm. they are seeing a waning of immunity not only against infection but against hospitalizations and to some extent death a booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people
2: should have plan is for every adult to get a booster shots
3: how about that how about that all right now we're moving on because guess what you're not going to believe this (laughs) Sorry, I don't have time to play the whole thing right now because we're up against the break, but I have breaking news. Do you want to know what that breaking news is? Well, you're going to have to wait here for just a second right after you buy your MyPillow. Then you can find out about the great breaking news. Actually, go buy your Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow because they're 60% off right now. They're the greatest sheets on the planet, and they're 60% off. Plus, remember MyPillow? Um, you want to talk about misinformation, My pillow has been the one out there talking about election integrity from the beginning when you couldn't say that anymore. They were saying it. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE. You get Giza Dream Sheets for 60% off. I would recommend getting two sets because then you always have a set on when the other one's in the wash. MyPillow.com promo code JESSE or... Call 800 It It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And remember, you can email your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And as promised, I have breaking news. It's journalist Jesse. There's just no one better. We love Jesse. He's the best. Jesse, please kiss my baby. Jesse, 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 Jesse. Breaking federal judge bars Biden from lifting Trump era border policy. A federal judge has barred the Biden administration from ending a Trump era public health health policy that affects immigration, which was scheduled to lapse in late May. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt announced Monday afternoon that a federal judge signed off on a request to issue a temporary restraining order. It basically prevents Joe Biden from lifting Title 42. That's what it does. What's that mean to you? Well, our border is still very much open, but this would have opened it up a lot more, and this is a good thing. All right, we'll take look. Hey, it's a day for wins. We take wins when we get them, right? And enough. There's enough bad news. We take wins, and we can get them. Again, I just—it blows me away. All these people out there today complaining. But what if Elon I Musk takes over and, and misinformation spreads? Remember when the border patrol—Speaking of the border, this this popped into my mind. Remember when the border patrol—they had to go down and try to address the fact that 14,000 Haitians had amassed on our border. And part of border patrol is horseback patrol. And a picture went floating around about a guy reaching down from his horse to grab one of the people trying to invade our country. And he had his reins in his hand, and it was obvious they were reins to anybody. And everyone from Joe Biden to Chris Cuomo started talking about slavery and whips. I was
4: taken aback uh, by a single image that should make you pay attention to a problem. This one. There's a lot here. Yeah, as an image, to me, it does smack of a bygone era of slavery aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely, you may be drawn to the desperation of the man trying to escape. Others, in the desperation of keeping our borders safe, of what I
2: believe the former president tried to depict as a brown menace at our border.
3: A brown menace? Hey, Chris, now maybe I, maybe I got this wrong, Chris. I would have swore... In response to a picture of a border patrol agent legally and lawfully grabbing an illegal immigrant by the scruff of the back of his uh, uh, shirt and holding the reins in the other hand, I would have swore if I heard him right, I would have swore uh, Cuomo just referenced slavery. I was taken aback. Now, hold on. Before we get to that, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let him get away with this. Uh, remember, you do remember how horrible chattel slavery is, right? How truly despicable it is. And I'm fully aware that. That the current race hustlers in this country have so water-bordered people with this information that no one ever wants to hear about it again. I get it. But I actually, I, I think it's important. I think it's important people realize that human beings were treated, I, I don't even actually want to say like cattle. They were treated worse than cattle. Tortured, mutilated, uh, women assaulted in terrible ways. Slavery is not a small thing. And if, if, boy, if I heard him right, I'm going to play it again real quick. I would have swore he compared a Border Patrol agent grabbing
4: someone to that. I was taken aback uh, by a single image that should make you pay attention to a problem. This one. There's a lot here. Yeah, as an image, to me, it does smack of a bygone era
3: of slavery. Wow. Speaking of misinformation, we can't let that stuff spread. Let's get to some emails. I've been lax. Remember... Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Fridays. All are welcome. Oracle, I bit the bullet, and I went with my wife to Art in the Square the other day. Gosh, that sounds terrible. By the way, the subject of this email, this will come into play. He says, when I realized I was listening to too much Jesse Kelly show. Now, let's get back to it. All right, I took my wife to Art in the Square the other day. Afterwards, she said to me, I enjoyed spending time with you to which I immediately replied in my best machine gun Kelly fashion. I enjoyed spending time with myself too. <laughs> she hasn't talked to me since. And I just saw her without a wedding ring on Hmm. PS. The only reason I was, uh, the only reason I went was so I could wear my fire firing squad for Fauci t-shirt. It was well-received and, And she said, quote, that's the first time you've ever gotten more attention than me when we've been out. (laughs) Okay, one. Fellas, hear me out. I know everyone thinks I'm this complete misogynistic barbarian. And I realize, what, Chris? That's not totally true. Okay, it's partially true. Partially true. But any man, I don't care who you are, any man who's ever been married for any length of time has been dragged to horrible things he'd rather not go to. Is it dragged or drugged? I think it's dragged. I don't know. I didn't. Look, I went to community college. I don't know. But either way, any man who's been married for any length of time has been dragged to things. You don't have to feel ashamed. You you know, oh man, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. Uh, You know why I don't want to admit things? Because people are so mean when I'm so nice. I took my wife to a Celine Dion concert once. Shut up, Chris. We were all right. We were in Las Vegas, and my wife, my wife feels music. You know, some people like I like music. She's one of these people that it it moves her, and Celine Dion makes her cry. And I was tr- I was trying to be nice, and I bought tickets for Celine Dion, and I had to sit there while the wife was misty eyed for like an hour and a half during that crap. I took her to Trans Siberian and or- Trans Siberian Orchestra once. No, Chris, no. Chris said that's good. No, it would be if they understood the proper proportion. Trans-Siberian Orchestra was good for about the first half hour, 45 minutes. This concert went on for like two and a half hours. Oh, I was done. I was done. And then eventually I become the bad guy because I spend the whole time over at the beer cart. That's not my fault. You can't stick me in a concert like that for two and a half hours. Look, we've all done something we don't want to do for the old lady. All right. We have... Something I'd been talking about, and I kind of avoided because it is a little dark, but probably is something we should address. Teen depression, anxiety. The headline is, why are teens so sad? Let's have a talk, Chris. This music, that was not nice. That was not nice. All right. Why are teens sad? Well, probably the same reason the rest of us are sad, because we're listening to Celine Dion right after this.
2: My heart and my heart will-
3: Okay, you guys are being weird, and you are being weird. There's no, By the way, this is the Jesse Kelly show you're still listening to. We're going to get to why teens are depressed here in a moment, but this is a totally justified question. You remember I've told you about the studio setup. They built us a studio. I sit in here, and I make radio magic, Chris. You know freedom is not free. While you two sit over there and drink beer and eat chips and salsa. Chris starts cleaning and he comes to my side of the glass and starts spraying off the glass and, cr- and cleaning. But, and I know this for a fact, I have never come within two or three feet of that glass, nor do I think anyone else has. So how could the glass be dirty? It doesn't miraculously get dirty. That little Mexican cleaning lady who comes in here every night, all she does is empty the trash cans and then she's real nice to us and we say goodbye. She's never touched the glass. Who touched the glass, Chris. I wouldn't plead ignorant. Speaking of ignorant, Brad and Stelter, he thinks someone wants him at parties. That's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody,
4: do you actually want to go to that party?
3: Um, yes. Just because you wouldn't be invited, nerd. That sounds like an awesome party. All right, back to what we're talking about, and then we'll get back to all this stuff. Is this a little heavier? Uh, we don't like heavy that much, but sometimes life's heavy, right? It's a good night. It's a good night. Some Oftentimes life's heavy. You ever been to a, a feminist rally? Quit, Chris. It's fine. Why are American teens so sad? This one's, I mean, the New York Times wrote about it. This one's actually from the Atlantic. Why are they so sad? Four forces are propelling the rates of depression. And surprise, surprise. Very early on, it says nearly half of the LGBTQ teens said they had contemplated suicide during the pandemic compared with 14% of their peers. I'm not going to dwell on this portion of it too much, except I'm just going to say... You know, all those teacher bits of audio we've been playing for you about how this teacher wants to tell you about Victor and this teacher. Oh, I love telling boys they could be boys, could be girls. and You know how we played all these all these pieces of sound for you. Understand that there are real casualties that we're already experiencing because of this. This is way more than good radio fodder or, for, or something for you to get mad about or laugh about with your friends. Or, oh, did you hear that on Jesse Kelly's show? I mean, I, I'm glad you do that, but this goes way beyond that. This relentless push by schools, Disney, Nickelodeon, every part of our culture now to push this on young people. One, it's working. I, t- I read it to you before. The percentages as we get more and more modern of young people going that way are staggering and they're going up at a staggering level. That's because you get more of what you push as a culture. And two, it's deadly. Whatever you think about it, I, I don't care. You push that onto young people. They're going to respond because, look, we're all we're all products of the things we take in with our eyes and ears. We're all products of the things our culture incentivizes and the things our culture doesn't incentivize. If we weren't, I'd be sitting here shirtless in my boxers right now because that's most comfortable for me. What, Chris? I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't care how much you complain. Now, that'd be a gigantic HR complaint. But anyway... We are all products of what our culture incentivizes and what our culture disincentivizes. And right now, we are incentivizing young people over and over and over and over and over again. It's everywhere they look, and they're going that way, and they're not finding fulfillment. They're finding suicide. They're finding anxiety. They're miserable. It's hard enough. I, look, you either are a teenager. I know we have a bunch, bunch listening to the show. Or you were one at one point in time. I promise you that. Being a teenager is hard enough. I can't speak for women. I'm sure that's equally miserable. As a dude, you're just about as dorky as you could possibly be, and you know it. For me, I mean, maybe you were fat. I was skinny. You may think you had it tough as a fat kid. I was about. I looked like a walking toothpick. You're all awkward. I was all feet and hands and just a big ball of awkward. You have all of a sudden decided you really like girls, and I mean you really like girls, only because you don't have any kind of personality or life experience yet. You can't talk to them at all. If you even try, you embarrass yourself. Being a teenager is some of the most awkward, stressful years ever. And if you are one right now, hear me out. Just get through it. Trust me, it gets way better. Life is way better now. Life is better for me at 40, and I'm practically handicapped because I hit my hand on something yesterday, and all I did was bump my hand on something, and I can't move it today. That's where I'm at physically, and it's still better than being a teen. But being a normal teen is hard. When you push your teenager into that, man alive. You are officially playing with a stick of dynamite in matches. And another big one on here was this. Not surprisingly, social media use. And believe it or not, I'm not going to scold anybody because just like everyone else, I spend too much time looking at my phone. Now, I I actually look at my phone for work, so I guess I have an excuse. But anyway... I spend too much time on social media, too. That's where we gather stuff for the show from Twitter and Instagram. And that's where we, I'm always emailing somebody, texting somebody. So I'm on there, too. I'm not scolding anyone. Not me. I live in a cabin in the wilderness. I haven't even seen a cell phone in 10 years. I'm not doing that. I'm not passing judgment. Monitor how much you let your kids look at that stuff. If you let them on social media at all. We have two sons. We monitor their use of whatever screen time there is. Yeah, we have lazy days, or we just let them go. If they got all their work done, grades are up. But I'll tell you, in a day, you can tell a difference in my sons at the end of the day if they've spent too much time in front of a screen or if they've been outside in the pool getting dirty, getting sweaty. They're 10 times better people, just like I am, if they've done the latter and not the former. And finally... I mean, there's, there's more to this, but I did want to get to this part because this was actually where I was going with it originally. Sociality. It says sociality is down. So let's pause for a moment and think once again what we did. We took a virus we didn't know anything about, and we decided to punish everybody for this virus. And not only did we abuse people who are stuck in abusive situations, abusive spouse, abusive parents, not only do we abuse people who uh, struggle with substance abuse, drugs and alcohol, they've uniquely had it bad the last two years, not only did we abuse small children with this idiotic masking in schools, which is nationalized child abuse, we abused the teenagers of America. Because during these awkward years... When, honestly, everybody has a story from their teenage years of a buddy or two who helped them get by. Maybe you did something stupid with him or her. Fine, but you have a story or stories of a buddy who helped you get by, unlike Brian Stelter. That's an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? How would you know, Brian? You've never been invited to a party, so you're not like Brian Stelter. You had at least one friend as a teenager, and we cut our teenagers off from them, and it's a, and it's a disgrace. All right, I know. I'm done. I'm done. We're going to get to some fun emails. We still have a sheriff telling people to shoot burglars and much more on the Jesse Kelly Show tonight. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Where do you send your cell phone money Every month. How often do we talk about putting your money where your morals are? Where does your cell phone money go every single month? Are you out there funding Verizon? Go look at the social initiatives of Verizon. Don't take my word for it. AT&T, T-Mobile. I know your cell phone gets paid automatically every month. So does everyone else's. Your money automatically goes every single month to wretched filth that's directly against what you believe. You could switch to pure talk. They believe everything you believe. Their CEO's a Vietnam veteran. Their customer service—it's here in America. When you call, it's like a miracle. You actually get get to talk to someone who speaks English, and they're wonderful. From your cell phone, it takes less than ten minutes. From your cell phone, dial pound two five zero and say Jesse Kelly. Dial pound two five zero, say Jesse Kelly. Switch to Pure Talk. Stop funding the people who hate you listening to the oracle you're gonna love this one it's a scream baby the jesse kelly show it is the jesse kelly show and we have more breaking news for you tonight because jen Psaki got asked about this whole twitter thing it's journalist jesse there's just no one better. We love Jesse, he's the best. Jesse, please kiss my baby. Jesse, 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 Jesse. Jen Saki was asked about it today. Here, here's Jen Saki's thoughts on the thought of free speech. Well,
2: I'm not going to comment on a specific transaction. Uh, what I can tell you is a general matter, no matter who owns or runs uh, Twitter, uh, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, uh, What they ha- the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. Uh, he's been a strong supporter of fundamental re- reforms to achieve that goal, including reforms to Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency Transparency and more. And he's encouraged uh, that uh, there's bipartisan interest in Congress. Uh, in terms of what hypothetical policies uh, might uh, happen, I'm just not going to speak to that.
3: Just a heads up when you look out at the landscape and you're horrified by the level of censorship you see, the communist is horrified too. The communist is horrified there isn't enough of it.
4: Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth. The game's won.
3: Be careful out there, kids. You can't imagine. You cannot imagine. Look, this is just from you to me. Wait, that doesn't make sense. It's from me to you. You can't imagine how much misinformation is being spread out there.
0: You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective.
1: Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick.
0: They're really, really good against variants. A key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can
3: feel safe that they are not gonna get- Just pause, sorry, I I know it's nitpicking. Just pause here for a moment. That voice you just heard is, in my opinion, one of the most evil men on the planet right now, even though people don't know it. His name's Bill Gates. Obviously, you know who Bill Gates is. I would have sworn, I'm going to start the whole thing over again, mainly because I don't know how to rewind anything on the sound machine. I'm going to start the whole thing over again, but I would have sworn when he talked about coronavirus, and obviously we're playing the montage of all the, uh, what's that word? Misinformation they put out there. I would, would have sworn he said, our plan? What? Could somebody look it up for me? What role exactly does Bill Gates have in the pandemic or the pandemic response? He's not with the government. He's not elected. He's not a public health official, unless I've been misled uh, in some way. He doesn't even work for Pfizer or Moderna or somebody. Our response? I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Let's check again. You're not going to get COVID
0: if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective.
1: Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really
0: good against variants. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated,
2: they can feel safe that they are not gonna get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not gonna be hospitalized. You're not gonna be in ICU unit and you are not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask.
1: Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do and
3: Yeah, speaking of misinformation. Anyway, moving on, we got to get we got to get to other things. There's funny emails and stuff. Jesse, Rush always talked about Republicans being the party of losing gracefully. He wasn't wrong. What people need to understand is voting in primaries is more important than on election day. That's where you kick the rhinos out. He wasn't wrong. She asked me that I don't use her name and I won't. He wasn't wrong. And look, all right, it's a feel good day. So I don't want to bring up something ugly, but let's be honest about something. I, I can't speak for the whole country. I guess I could look into it, but that would involve research and effort. We're not going to do that, but I can't speak for the whole country. But I know here in Texas. A lot of people think about Texas and they think, ah, it's the most Republican state, one of the most Republican states. And obviously you can probably make that argument. It's one of them for sure. But people, they talk about primaries and they talk about wanting the GOP to change. And I want the Republican Party to get some guts and I want a new direction. And then, well, the current Republican governor of Texas, his name is Greg Abbott. In case you don't live here, I realize the show is coast to coast. His name's Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott was nothing short of awful during coronavirus. Absolute coronavirus tyrant. Had a salon owner arrested uh, at one point in time. As other countries were going completely free, he was determining exactly what percentage your restaurant was allowed to be full. I mean, full on COVID tyrant. No, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't Cuomo of New York, but he was bad. He was really bad. And the people of Texas were. So upset about that. Not just not Democrats, even the Republicans of Texas were so upset about that. They just had a primary where he slaughtered everyone else in the field. And there were three good candidates running against him. Three of them. I know two of them personally. So I'm not going to get dark. I don't I don't want to make it ugly. I don't. But. Do we care or don't we care? Do we want a new aggressive Republican Party? Well, you don't get a new aggressive Republican Party unless you start participating in primaries and making sure you elect new aggressive Republicans. We can't keep sending the same bunch of losers back there and then be shocked when nothing changes. You want more of this? You better go make sure.
0: Most of the books that did not meet Florida standards for whatever reason, happened to be in the early grades. Uh, as you get into the older grades, most of those books did meet the standards, but um, uh, we're gonna continue to focus uh, the education on the actual strong academic performance of the students. Uh, we don't want things like math to have you know, some of these other concepts introduced. It's not been proven to be effective, and, and quite frankly, it takes
3: our
4: eye off the ball.
3: You want more Republicans like Heavy D? Well, they don't magically fall out of the sky, and that loser you have there ain't going to turn into one. We got to change them. All right, more emails. And the sheriff that wants you to shoot burglars, (laughs) next.